This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Hello, and welcome to Marketing Trends. This is producer Ben Wilson. Today's episode of Marketing Trends features an interview with Jessica Burton, Global Surveillance Portfolio Marketing Manager at Seagate Technology. On this episode, Jessica talks about the future of innovation in smart cities and how Seagate is helping to market them. She also talks about partner marketing, crafting an industry narrative, and much more. Enjoy. Marketing Trends is created by the team at Mission.org and sponsored by Salesforce Pardot, B2B marketing automation on the world's number one CRM. Are you ready to take your B2B marketing to new heights? With Pardot, marketers can find and nurture leads, close more deals, and maximize ROI. Learn more by visiting pardot.com slash podcast or click the link in the show notes. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And we have, on the other line, Jessica, how's it going? Going really good. Exciting stuff going on. How about you? Yeah, things are great. Uh, and I'm super excited today to talk about Seagate and what you're working on. Uh, Seagate Technology is a company that's been around for a long time. And we're going to talk about marketing hard drives and what kind of goes into that uh, and get into a little bit of your background. But first, how did you get into marketing in the first place? Well, I've always been interested in graphical art, writing narratives, storytelling, technology, and business. And when you mash that all together, ultimately, it's a really good fit for marketing. I enjoy really digging into how to position and message products and ideas to resonate with customers. Did you have inklings in college that you wanted to do it or, uh, or what were you thinking? Yeah, actually, when I went straight into college, I knew it was marketing or finance. Um, and as I dived deeper into it, I just really liked the storytelling. It, because really, at the end of the day, that's what marketing is. Storytelling through either written word or with uh, visuals or a combination thereof. And so um, once I started really digging into that, I was kind of addicted and knew what marketing was for me. Tell us a little bit about your current role and what you're working on at Seagate. Yeah, so uh, in my current role, I'm the Global Surveillance Portfolio Product Marketing Manager. But what that ultimately means is that I'm the one that's responsible in creating content and assets and, and you know putting on activities that will create awareness and educate customers about our portfolio in surveillance with hard drives. And Ultimately, whenever I'm uh, putting together content or talking to customers, we really have to address the fact that a drive is not just simply a drive. There's a right drive for the right application, edge to cloud, specifically when you're talking about surveillance. And so that ranges from our Skyhawk drives all the way to our enterprise drives and SSDs with Exos and Nitro. Yeah. And what's the scope? Like how many customers are we talking about? Obviously, with being at the cutting edge of, you know, AI, deep learning, IoT, big data, smart cities, all that stuff is a really exciting space. And there's a lot of hardware and software that, you know, go into that. You know, we talked to a lot of CMOs about kind of marketing their products specifically, you know, when we talk, you know, B2B and SaaS and things like that about marketing directly to the customer. It's a little different for hardware at, at, in certain cases. I'm curious, like, you know, how, how that marketing is a little different. 
So Seagate specifically has a wide portfolio of um, products ranging from consumer all the way to enterprise. And with my role in surveillance, it's really interesting. It's a little bit more complex than just marketing to the end customer because at the end of the day, the two personas that ultimately make a decision to purchase a drive and what's going to be put in the box for the end customer are going to be the system integrator and solution architect. Um, at the end of the day, the end customer just wants the box to work, their solution to work. And this same thing is true for the solution architect and the system integrator, but they also have an added incentive because they want to be profitable. If it's not going to be reliable, then they're going to have higher service calls. Um, and that gets pretty costly over time. So they're ultimately making the decision. And the thing that's interesting about this space is that there's so much technology right now. You're talking about everything from cameras to AI software that's simplifying and expanding the whole scope of what surveillance means. It's beyond just security and catching the bad guy these days. It's um, optimizing your business based on the learnings that you can have from your surveillance footage and how to place products within your store or to optimize manufacturing processes and things like that. So we've really nailed it down to those two specific personas and they're quite different. The system integrator, we call the man in the van because he's going to be on the road quite frequently and selling large volumes of products. He doesn't really like to customize. Um, he just wants to sell as much as he can and keep it very uh, simple. The solution architect, on the other hand, is going to take on larger projects that are going to need more customization. So you're talking like stadiums and smart cities where they really have to design and unique uh, solutions that are going to meet the unique needs of that customer. So, but at the same time, they want something that's going to be plug and play. So compatibility is huge for all these guys. And we make sure that we're compatible with all the large players in the industry. So at the end of the day, it comes down to really understanding who your customer is, but not only understanding who your customer is, but who's making that purchase decision in the buyer's journey. You know, with smart cities being such an important thing going forward, yeah, I was I was like thinking about smart cities uh, if with regards to like dumb cities. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> I feel like it's uh, so uh, so many of our cities operate dumb, but it it is true, right? It is really true. We had we did a podcast called Future Cities. And we interviewed, you know, a ton of a ton of leaders. And there were some city leaders like the former CIO of Palo Alto, who was talking about this idea that like, essentially, all of these really critical places that you could get data from don't actually harvest any data, street lights and telephone poles and uh, street corners and all this stuff. It is like the future, you know, our future might not look totally different physically than it does right now, but digitally, it will look completely different in the future. I'm curious, like, what are you working on with smart cities? And, and what types of stuff are, are you creating to to evangelize this future? Yeah, so in my experience in talking with multiple types of customers, ranging from businesses that will be able to leverage the data flow from these smart cities all the way to the people that are trying to design them themselves, it's been slow pulling together an actual smart city. And we actually haven't seen anybody successfully pull off one yet. Foundationally, smart cities start off as safe cities. As you mentioned, they have 
you know, they can have sensors and cameras throughout the, the city to alert, you know, citizens and also just law enforcement of potential issues. Um, they also are great for traffic management. But in the future, we see that changing. And it, from a digital perspective, it's going to be quite significant. And why it's changing versus now, uh, why hasn't it changed yet, is because the technology is rapidly changing. And enabling this type of adoption. Um, we're talking about sensors, video, being at the edge and being able to incorporate AI technology like never before. You're also looking at communication networks, increasing their capabilities with 5G, which will be incredibly important to getting real-time data and analysis uh, done. And then you're also talking about just having the compute and data flow ready and available, not only in the cloud, which the cloud has some latency, and that's uh, some of the challenges that we faced in the past. But now you're going to be able to place it at the edge where all the activity is. And the edge is really what, when I talk about the edge, we're talking about sensors and, and cameras where you can really be able to uh, capture that data, analyze it very quickly, and then make real-time decisions. The way in which the world is changing for smart cities is that the capabilities are increasing, but at the same time, the cost is significantly decreasing. And the way in which we're trying to get ahead of that is recognizing, hey, this is a great opportunity. We know it's going to happen. And we want to start educating um, these solution architects that are going to be spearheading these projects to make sure that they understand how to store, collect, and retain that data. And then ultimately also do some deep learning in the cloud to enable the systems to become smarter. So I think it's really like what I said before, giving the knowledge to those people that are going to be designing it, what drives to use in what applications in a smart city, everything from edge to cloud. What what are some of the you know I, maybe there's there's no uh, smartest city uh, yet but like what does that actually look like Are there some examples of people that are pushing the pace of innovation If you look at who's really pushing the edge on what the technology holds today, uh, you're going to see a lot of it is China. A lot of the big cities in China are really pushing the opportunities that surveillance AI offers. And obviously, there's uh, some challenges and privacy issues that come in hand with that. But as other countries like the U.S. look to leverage surveillance AI technology, it's beyond just the typical security issues, tracking down who burglarized this uh, uh, business, but also being able to optimize traffic management and traffic fl flow throughout the city, also recognizing pollution issues um, and addressing them more quickly. It all, all goes e even deeper into like healthcare, being able to do deeper analytics and behavioral analytics to define, hey, there's a larger issue at hand um, that a lot of our citizens are facing. Let's address it now with a certain programs or healthcare programs. So I, I think what you're seeing right now is people are really pushing the opportunities of uh, surveillance AI with smart cities is going to be in China, but we're seeing it gradually become an opportunity that a lot of cities in the U.S. that are taking it on. And so are you creating copy and marketing for governments around this as a stakeholder or as a purchaser? Like, I'm curious, 
you know, like I, I know, for example, in the for the CIOs and the um, technology leaders or innovation planners for cities that I've talked to in the past, a lot of that is it something that they're buying? Is it something that it's other organizations or companies or private enterprises around them buying? What does the city need to have versus, you know, companies like, you know, Google and Facebook and folks that have a lot of data and obviously the mapping companies like, you know, Waze and which is part of Google. But yeah, so I'm curious, like, how do you think about marketing to those things? Is it is it more evangelizing the future or is it more, you know, the product marketing stuff? There's a lot of thought leadership that goes into it, obviously, because uh, Smart City hasn't ultimately come into fruition. It's been very futuristic, a pie-in-the-sky type of concept. But the way in which we're approaching it, we recognize we're just the storage piece of it. And that's a huge piece, obviously, because data flow storage is ultimately going to be kind of like the electricity of what makes Smart Cities Smart Cities. But we also recognize that there's other components to the story that need to be told. Everything from the networking with 5G to the actual video cameras themselves and the MVR and DVR boxes that go along with them. And so what we've done is that we recognize, you know, we can have our view of the world from Seagate with storage, but we also need to pull in and rein in some of the story and point of view of our partners who are in telecommunications, who are creating, uh, you know, manufacturing the cameras of tomorrow to really tell that storyline and explain what the solutions will be for smart cities. Do you think that there's an ROI problem around some thought leadership marketing? I know it's one of the things that a lot of marketing leaders that we talk to know that they need to be doing some type of quote-unquote thought leadership, whether it's content marketing or otherwise, but it might not necessarily play into their demand gen strategy or it might not play into performance marketing. And they struggle to just kind of justify the spend at times, especially when talking to, you know, uh, to sales and say, hey, what is this? What is this actually getting for me other than eyeballs? How do you look at that sort of thing? We like to look at it from a long-term perspective and, you know, obviously some short-term um opportunities as well. But from a long-term perspective, especially in technology, everybody is looking at technology and making sure that you're staying ahead of the game because they want to play with those type of companies. And so I think that's the huge opportunity for us, not from an only an innovation standpoint, but from also a sales perspective, because it's an added differentiator to our brand. One thing that recently we just launched the Skyhawk AI 16 terabyte, and there's not a huge demand uh, for such high capacities in surveillance, but we like to be able to show that we're pushing the cutting edge of the technology and bringing forth you know, technology that's going to be the future and showing that we're going to be around for those opportunities. So I think it's just another talking point that our sales team really leverages at the end of the day. And then, you know, when we're thinking about thought leadership pieces, a lot of these are vertical specific and outlining how the technology is being used today and tomorrow. And that gives a lot, it kind of grounds it and allows customers to be able to put themselves in, in the shoes of the people that have ran that use case to understand where, where the product fits for them in their environment. You know, 
we we talked before this about kind of like marketing more than just hard drives. I think it's a it's a pretty common, I think, challenge for just a lot of companies and a lot of marketers to market the future, market the impact, market their customer in the post product state uh, where they've you know drank the magic elixir and and have the superpowers with something like hard drives, which is such a critical part of. Uh, you know, digital transformation and, and, you know, your technology stack and all that stuff. How do you kind of differentiate? How do you kind of talk about more than more than hard drives, but also, you know, clearly articulate that your product is has has features and benefits that are better than the other ones? Mm-hmm. I, I like to think that we go beyond what um, just the typical hard drive company would in understanding who the customer really is. At the end of the day, we like to really flesh out who these people are when we're talking about the personas of the system integrator and solution architect. Everything from, you know, what they're doing throughout their day, what are their challenges in operating their businesses, what are the opportunities, where can we fit in to help make it easier? make their business easier, especially for the system integrators who are typically small businesses, where could we make that their decision points a lot easier? And then how, how can we make their sales process easier as well? And some of the things that we've done, you know, going beyond just talking about the techs and tech specs and, you know, going through our data sheet. If you go to our website for Seagate Skyhawk, you'll see where we've actually pulled together a surveillance storage calculator. And that calculator allows our customers, specifically like the system integrator, to go in there and play around with the different factors that are going to influence ultimately how much storage they're going to need to purchase. Everything from the number of cameras that they're going to need um, to the retention period, which can make a significant impact. And then they get kind of an idea of, okay, this is what I need to buy for this environment or for this customer. And then the other piece of it is, is a lot of people just think of hard drives as just any old hard drive that you can buy at Best Buy, but we're layering on software as well, which we were the first in the industry to also include uh, health management software. So basically that that's a huge differentiator and that it allows customers to be able to see the drive health. Is it running smoothly? Or if there's potential issues based on the algorithms that are being run in the software, and there might be some outliers on temperature or humidity, it will trigger they're aware that there might be potential issues that they could fix so that they don't lose their data. And then ultimately, if they do lose their data because they, you know, didn't listen to those flags, then we also differentiate ourselves even further by offering services. And those services are data recovery. We allow our customers to send back the drives and the engineers that create the drives can also recover your data very quickly and then send you back a drive with all your data. So that's really how we try to differentiate ourselves, improving the customer experience at the end of the day, just making it easier to do their job and have the peace of mind that if they do lose their data at the end of the day, which is very unfortunate, whether it be dropping the drive accidentally, there's a fire or a flood, we got you covered. Switching gears a little bit, do you have any favorite campaigns that you've run in your career? My favorite campaign was one that we just recently launched. Um, It was called Surveillance in Focus. 
And that's where we really honed in on this whole idea of looking at the different verticals in surveillance that are being impacted by all of the changes in technology that are occurring. And so we laid out four or five different verticals uh, that we really want to focus on, everything from uh, smart cities, retail and banking, to education, and pulled together use cases, blogs, and did some marketing webinars with some of our partners and put together, you know, very educational, high awareness type of pieces that we pushed out to our channel and to our customers. And it was a resounding success. So I, I think what made it one of my favorites was that we dove really deeply into our personas to make sure that we were creating a campaign that would resonate with them. What about a learning experience or uh, or a least favorite campaign that you've done in your career? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I I've had campaigns where um, we did really exciting giveaways and and things like that that ultimately maybe only a couple of um, we we didn't see a huge number of participants or a lot of engagement even though it was fun and exciting and I think that really the disconnect on those was that we didn't truly understand what would influence their purchasing decisions so even though it was fun and exciting to do these very campaigns um, you ultimately really need to have a very strong understanding of who the customer is and how you're going to be able to sway and resonate with that type of, of customer. Okay, let's get into the lightning round. These questions are fast and easy. Just like marketing automation with Pardot, you can go to pardot.com slash podcast to learn more about B2B marketing on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. We love Pardot. Check them out. They're great. You should check them out if you haven't already. You've been listening to this show for a long time. Go do it. Check them out. Pardot.com slash podcast to learn more marketing automation. So hot right now. Lightning round questions. Jessica, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what app on your phone is the most fun? What app on my phone is the most fun? I, I'm really pretty boring. Um, I think the the biggest one is is I guess next door. I'm always keeping up with my, you know, what's going on in my neighborhood. <laughs> Especially with surveillance. It's kind right? of interesting because you have the ring uh, video. People will post what they've seen yeah. on the ring. Kind of odd. It's but... crazy. <laughs> no, it's totally crazy. I mean, it's funny. I mean, you want to talk about like a marketing advantage that someone like Ring has, we should get them on the podcast. But it's something like that, right? Where, you know, surveillance is one of those things. I just saw a video uh, the other day about someone who had a ring and they, they were staying at a cabin and got a, a grizzly bear or excuse me, a, a, a black bear, like footage of this black bear sniffing around their car. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, you know, it's stuff like that. It's fun. I mean, like what good, what good viral marketing and, uh, and totally. what, a, what a fun advantage to 
to be able to market to. Oh, and um, I have a funny story that recently happened on Nextdoor that was just it cracked me up. It was, it was related to Ring. A couple blocks away from us, there was this person that apparently went on vacation and they were looking at their Ring and they noticed that somebody was picking up their Amazon packages and they were freaking out. So they go on to Nextdoor and they're like, somebody's stealing my packages, guys. Who is this? If you recognize them, let me know. Well, come to find out, Everybody let them know it was uh, their neighbor was helping them out picking up their package. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! That's great. Do you have a, a favorite thing to cook or eat? Favorite uh, thing to cook or eat? Oh, recently I started making Korean barbecue, and that's amazing. Everybody in my house loves it, so um, that's big for us recently and Japanese beef bowls that too easy quick and good thing you are most excited about for the future of marketing uh really going back to the technology that will enable us to become smarter and more targeted in reaching our customers it's all about the data science moving forward uh, I think that's really exciting what was one thing if you could do differently when you were starting this role uh, that you would have done? Um, I, th I think ask more questions. You know, the, I, I think it's always good to ask questions to get clarity on things. Being the new person on the block, you never want to ask the stupid questions, but I think it is good to ask the stupid questions because you always have, you can always sit back and say, I'm the new person. So I can ask stupid questions. So I, I think always just asking questions to clarify and become better at your job is never something to shy away from. Jessica, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. We'll follow along with, uh, with Seagate and what you're working on. Any, uh, any final thoughts? You know, at the end of the day, I thank you for inviting me, of course, and um, want people just to keep in mind that a drive is not just a drive. There's a right drive for every application from edge to cloud. We got you covered. Awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Trends. Marketing Trends is created by the team at mission.org and sponsored by Salesforce Pardot. World-class marketers use Pardot to generate and nurture leads, close more deals, and maximize ROI at every stage of the sales cycle. Empower your marketing team to become revenue-generating superheroes and let Pardot's data analysis keep an eye on the bottom line. Learn more by visiting pardot.com slash podcast or click on the link in the show notes. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, 
and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.